1: Hi everyone, I am Martina Cunha and you are listening to Backstage Talk. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Backstage Talk. Today I have with me Rye Armstrong. They are an American genderqueer actor born and raised in the Pacific Northwest Shortly after finishing an undergraduate degree in theater arts, they moved from the Emerald City to the Big Apple and quickly started working as an actor in off-Broadway productions and regional productions across the country. They also loved writing and producing new works to be experienced both on screen and the stage, and they got involved in environmental activism shortly after finishing a degree in international relations, which took them to create impactful art to combat climate change. So, Rai, thank you so much. I am so happy for you to be here. Welcome to Backstage Talk.
0: Thank you, Martin. Thanks for having me.
1: So, tell me a little bit about you and what made you choose the thespian path in life.
0: (laughs) Um, it's <clears throat> a good question. I always enjoyed storytelling. I grew up really in music, like singing in a boy choir. Um, but in the end of high school, I really fell in love with this idea of theater and whatever that is, <laughs> um, because of the collaborative nature of it and because, um, I'm an empath and it really just, I'm just an emotional person. So I loved it. Um, where I changed my entire trajectory for college from political science to theater arts. So, if you want a lucrative career, don't recommend it. But <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, it, it's been a great uh, path for me. I've been very lucky um, to have been working in New York as a working actor for the past five years, um, and have so many now creative projects on the horizon that it's, you know, I wouldn't have chosen any other path. Now that I'm this far into it, but I, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, yeah, I think I just landed upon it, and I didn't really. I could have gone into many other things, but I. I know a lot of people ask, like, "Oh, I went to theater because I couldn't do anything else," and I just think that's a cop out answer. <laughs> I, I, yeah. um, yeah, I actively chose theater because it is what I want to do, not mm-hmm. because of not because I'm incapable of doing other things, but because I actively choose to live the life of an artist. Um, Cause that's who I am.
1: I love it. I love it. So what was your aha moment in which you decided to change routes instead of political science and go into theater? <laughs>
0: I was in a production of Legally Blonde in high school Um And it was actually my first full musical. Like I had done a lot of drama camps as a kid and music camps, but I was just playing the role of Emmett. And again, it was a high school production, so it wasn't anything crazy. But there was, you just, I just knew. I knew in that moment, I was like, this is what I'm doing. And I quickly started prepping and working for college auditions, went across the country, did the Unifieds thing, Um, Got into a bunch of different schools, couldn't afford those schools, didn't get enough scholarship, and then ended up going in-state for my BFA in Washington, um, which was a blessing and a curse. Um, And then from there, I was stuck in it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. So um, let's double click on that musical theater journey you started in Legally Blonde in high school. And what else have you done? regarding musical theater
0: oh um been in a bunch of readings of new works which i actually think is the most exciting thing because that's where new things will be created and where you could originate a role um i did a national tour of this musical called teacher from the black lagoon um written in part by nell benjamin and larry o'keefe who wrote bat boy and legally blonde um so i got to work with them on the developmental process of whatever that was and it's just very fun. And we went across the country did 111 shows from Michigan to Florida, to Maine, to Kansas city, to Texas. So, uh, yeah, that was, I, that was right after I moved to New York, I moved to New York in in August 30th, of 2016. And then that was January of 2017. So within four months of living in New York, that was my first like big gig with a state with a steady paycheck for six months. Um, so that was cool and then from there i went right into the off-broadway production of Pete the cat by the same company um and was a swing on that production and i actually swung on and so that was my first experience getting a phone call sunday morning telling me hey you're gonna be in the show today at, <laughs> in uh, three hours hope you're ready and i was like okay had no rehearsal, never had a single rehearsal but i did it um so that was fun um From there, I did How the Weston's one, which is a new musical, Um, very Indian in the cupboard meets next to normal. And I played cello as an actor musician in that one. Um, Then I went off to do a little holiday production in the Pacific Northwest, which is another new musical. So I've done a lot of new works, which is kind of funny. Um, And then the pandemic hit. And so, you know, (laughs) there we were. theater was just no longer a thing for a while still kind of is figuring it out so i transitioned to tv film and was on hbo show for eight months
1: that that's great so tell me what is the best part of these new works and these new shows that you've been working on besides originating roles
0: uh everyone has a different creative process so you're i i learn a lot about what to do and what not to do, um, and how collaboration takes place. It's, there's no like manual to it. There's no A plus B equals C. It's A times D divided by Q equals J. So it's like, <laughs> you never know what what's gonna happen. Um, and I, I love that aspect of it, because I can't, I'm not a very nine to five desk everyday person. And you go on a journey with so many different kinds of people uh, people of different colors, creeds, um, gender identities, sexualities. Um, so it's, like, very fun for me to learn also about other people and in, in that artistic collaboration. That's probably my favorite part of creating
1: art. I love it. I love it. And in this shows that you mentioned, what has been your favorite memory from them? Or your favorite moment?
0: God, that's a hard question. Oh. Uh... <laughs> I think there was a, a moment where because I also produce um, and I had a moment recently with a big commercial producer um, and I was in her office and I was just looking out over Central Park and I was like, this is what the last five years has brought me to like this moment right now. Um, and I was on I was involved. And as an assistant and associate on uh, that new musical that ended up not going anywhere until now she's taking it on and started from scratch again. So, um, So we kind of spoke about what that musical was and is. And then we spoke about my projects and what I'm working on as a producer. And I was just like, wow, this is five years in New York leads to 45 minutes of a conversation. Which is kind of wild. That was that's the, probably the most recent. That's not from any of those shows, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the most recent thing I can think about. Uh, you Just have this like, wow, this is out of body experience in a conversation. hadn't had that for a very long time.
1: That is amazing, and it's the moment in which you can recognize that five years worth of work are finally getting into fruition. Um, so right. that is great let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about your craft as a performer what do you think is the biggest challenge a musical theater major or an actor can face right now
0: i think right now it's just lack of access to being in person with people i think i mean before back in the day you could you know be so i think it would be the fact that when i was here you could show up to an open call and get seen in person and wait all day to be seen. I did it. (laughs) Um, But, and you could be in front of like big heavy hitters in the industry. Now it's like you have to self tape. And if your tape gets seen, maybe and you're in quarantine. So it's, it's really hard, I think to break in right now, Um, unless you want to go into TV film, but then you have thousands of people also doing that. Um, Not to mention the gatekeeping and the crazy behind having an agent or a manager. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: I would say the hardest thing is to be seen right now. But you can create your own content on TikTok. You can do so many things, Um, even though it is super saturated. The the market itself in terms of video content is oversaturated. Um, But uh, you can create whatever you want to create. And you can make your own content these days. So if you can keep at that, maybe you can be seen from that. Um, But it's hard. It's hard. To create something new and fresh and different and then be seen from that versus, I think, five years ago, I think it was a lot easier for me to be seen in person. Now, post-pandemic, everyone's trying to just figure it out. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you have two companies. One is Raikou Theatricals. The other one is Indie Chameleon. Let's talk a little bit about Raikou Theatricals (laughs) um, and the projects you're working on.
0: Yeah um yeah so riko is my like theatrical baby <laughs> started her in 2013 eight years ago when i went off to create a charity album for broadway cares equity fights aids that album you can stream or buy through Broadway records check it out um and all proceeds go to charity i don't make any money from it so it's great it's no it's a very good thing um but i think currently we're working on a bunch of different stuff it's on our website at ryko.org. um but uh, we had a great queer film festival over the summer and we had submissions from over 25 different countries and we had over a thousand people tune into the festival for its first digital year. So that's pretty great. Yeah. And we didn't lose money. So that's nice. Um, uh, we, over the pandemic, we produced seven different podcasts. Um, <laughs> podcasts are hard. So I, 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 uh, congratulate you and doing what you do. Um, but so we did that and then we're still continuing with one possibly in production called the Broadway book club, which where we read new plays, but we really want to do it in person here in New York and then stream it live. So that's the new phase for that. Um, other than that I have three musicals and two plays in development. Um, and then a possible feature film I might be involved in, in Southern California. Um, so yeah, everything's kind of happening. It's kind of crazy, but I'm doing a reading of a new musical called Trails by Jeff Thompson and Jordan Mann, um, directed by Lauren Lataro, in December. Uh, that's for industry only. But if you email me, you want to come to it and you're in New York, let me know. Um, and then in early January, I'll be in Austin, Texas, filming uh, a play. So that's pretty cool.
1: You have a lot going on, and besides that, <laughs> during the pandemic, um, you, inside RICO Theatricals, you started something that was the Broadway World Record, and I sent my submission. I remember recording that. Um, so tell us all the details about the Broadway World Record.
0: uh. It is hard to break a world record. Yeah. I will say that. We're still, I mean, I, I'm not giving up until we do it, even if it takes me years. Um, but it's hard to keep up momentum. So what we're trying to do is, is break the world record for the largest online video album of people singing the same song. Not dancing, not TikToking, but singing. So it's hard to get people to send in singing videos. We're, about, we're still about halfway to the 5,000 that we need to get to. We, we really have a lot of growth. Uh, about six months ago and then we lost a lot of steam and i don't have any more funding to throw at it for marketing and things so we're just trying to get organic um views and, and publicity about it so if you have any celebrity friends let us know that sing and we'll get them to do it but yeah we're gonna keep pushing it throughout this next year in 2022 and hopefully we can uh get it to break but yeah we'll keep trying um the whole idea was to help broadway get out of the pandemic which it slowly is now making its emerging its way out but there's so many people in in need and so all the revenue from the recording of the song and everything goes to the actors fund um to help support the pandemic relief. and guinness world records has been a great partner in this but they obviously can't help us until we break the record so we're gonna get there i believe in
1: it yes yes so For everyone listening you know, go to Raikou Theatricals, look for the Broadway world record, and send your submission to break the world record for Broadway. Um, Okay, one of the things that highlighted from your profile was your environmental activism, and that in relation to Broadway and the performing arts industry. So what made you start being an activist for climate change?
0: I don't think we have much of a choice. I think everyone needs to be an environmental activist. Um, We've been left with a very, I don't want to swear on your podcast, but effed up situation. Um, And the fact that the world and the government has known about this since the late 80s, and it's just continued to spew carbon dioxide and methane emissions into the world's atmosphere. It's upsetting. Um, and there's not much any one individual can really do, unless you're Greta Thunberg. Uh, yeah. Thunberg. But yeah, it's going to be, it's hard. I mean, I try to do my best. I was vegan vegetarian for 11 months, and then I got very ill from, and I needed protein. Um, so I had to physically stop. Um, but I think anyone can do their best is great. But we really just need political will to force corporations to stop just spewing stuff into the air, into um, our water supply. Um, and that's not going to happen overnight, but it needs to. So, yeah, I, I got my master's in D.C. in international relations because I still wanted to pursue political science in a way where I felt like I had a great balance between musical theater and like understanding the world. Maybe mm-hmm. one day I'll host my own travel channel, TLC show um, about the impact of climate change around the world. That would be a dream. But um, yeah, I, I just always, it's always been my biggest thing I fight for. I'm involved with um, Extinction Rebellion here in New York, and I've been to many actions and protests uh, with them and on behalf of them and their action working group. So um, yeah, I just really think that it uh, it's necessary for everyone to be involved in that conversation um, and that conversations systemically hits so many other conversations like racial inequality and um, gender inequality. So as a society, it's forcing us to really deal with so many things and the clock is ticking. So we don't have much time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. What would be a piece of advice you would give to a younger version of yourself?
0: Tough questions today. I would say focus on what you want. I've done a lot of things. And you're supposed to in your 20s. You're supposed to explore many different aspects of things you may or may not want to do. But focus is something I don't struggle with because I do a lot of different things. But then when you're spread too thin, you can't actually get anything done. So it's okay to say no. That's actually what I'm trying to get to. It's okay to say no to things. Um, No to yourself and to other people. No, I won't be doing this because it won't fulfill what I want or what I'm doing. No, I won't be, you know, trying to get on this Ponzi scheme and get stuck in a, a scam because my friends are selling things or I won't be, you know, becoming a nutritionist because maybe that's an avenue I want to explore. No, it's actually not. I did it. That It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, try things out in your 20s, other people, but if I had to go back and tell myself something, I would say just stay focused on what you actually want. Don't get distracted by other things.
1: That's amazing. Last question before we wrap up. What are your top five favorite musical theater shows?
0: Uh, I would say Ragtime is my my favorite musical love that show beyond that um next to normal color purple I love you because and I don't know if this is in an order of priority but I'm just naming five um I love you because and John and Jen love that musical if you don't know those last two really check them out they're like small cast musicals but they're really really great
1: awesome Right. thank you so much. I have loved this conversation. If someone wants to contact you, to check you out, work with you, where can people find you?
0: Yeah, my website, ryearmstrong.co, no, not com, there's no M on it. Someone else took that. Um, so ryearmstrong.co has, my website has everything about me, all my socials, and all my socials are at ryeontherise, R-Y-S-E. So you can find me anywhere you need to. I'm pretty (laughs) responsive um, if you want to reach out because I love to collaborate with people. Um, But yeah, that's, that's, that's how to get to me.
1: Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for coming over. I have loved every single second of this conversation and I cannot wait to see where you and your projects go.
0: Likewise. Thanks for having me, Martin.
1: Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast.